Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. It's, it's a, it's, it gives me a great pleasure to be back with you once again because God is still uh, passing out blessings upon each and every one of us. And I want to uh, just uh, uh, thank the Lord for allowing me to be able to continue on doing what he has signed my hands to do. I'm, I'm so glad because I look forward to allowing God to be able to use me time and time again. And as we move on, I want to give honor to him because God is always worthy of my honor, and I know he's worthy of your honor because God is so good to us. God is better to us than we are to ourselves. Because why I say that is that God goes so far that when we don't can't even see what's going on around us, God dispatches his angels around us so that we will not be uh, alone or left alone. And God is so good because he lets the sun shine in the sky. God is so good because he sends the rain when the time for us to begin to get the land begin to get dry. God sends rain. God sends these things. God feeds us. And so God is worthy of all of my honor. And I just want to honor him and acknowledge him because without him, I can do, but with him, I can do all things because Jesus told me a long time ago that I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. And I want to just thank Apostle for even also and and give her my honor and gratitude right now for allowing this station, as I do every week, to keep on keeping on. It's not an easy job when you uh, have to deal sometime with situations like we deal with time and time again, but she's still standing strong. She's still standing on that rock. That rock is Jesus. And I'm so glad, and I thank her from the bottom of my heart for allowing us to be able to continue on teaching and preaching God's word through this radio station. And it's a blessing in disguise. Those that have ears to hear, let them hear what the word of God is saying through his teachers and his preachers. I want to thank my wife, Amanda. She's not with me tonight because she's at work. And, and you know, uh, um, by her being at work, I, I feel that with, with her being absent from me, you see, sometimes it makes it a whole lot easier because I don't have to do it all. But God has equipped me time and time again that I don't depend on nobody but him because when one is absent, I've got to take up the space of those that's absent. And so I'm going to do what God allows me to do anyway. And I want to just uh, 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 even thank those that is listening, listening to this radio station. And and I want to thank them because I hope and pray they are getting something out of it. Now, as I began to go, 
Tonight is my teaching night. I'm not going to preach tonight. I'm just going to teach because, you know, it's very important to learn what God is saying through his scriptures and through his books that he designed for us uh, to listen and, and gave us this roadmap so that we can be able to stay on the right halfway as we journey down here. And as I go, I'm going to be looking. I'm going to be coming out of Ephesians, the fourth chapter. I'm just going to be picking through some of those verses. My main three verses is, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, that's the first verse, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. The second verse says, with all loneliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bend one another in love. The third verse is, endeavoring to keep the unity of the scripture in the bond of peace. You see, and there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. And I'm going to go on down to this, the, the fifth and the sixth verse. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Most holy God, our heavenly Father. It is again one of your servants is coming acknowledging you right now. Lord, I come to thank you for another day's journey. I come, Lord, to lift up your name because your name is far beyond any name. Under the sun and above the sun, your name is the name that would draw men closer to you. Right now, Lord, I pray that you would just fill our temples tonight and allow us to be able to stand strong in a time like these. Lord, where, where, where there's so much sin all over the world, Lord, I'm asking you to lift us up now and let us stand, Lord. Keep our feet planted on that solid rock, and that solid rock is Jesus. Lord, as I go into your word right now. I ask you, Lord, to even go so far that somebody might be sick right now. Somebody might not be able to have a ear to hear your word being taught right now. But, Lord, I pray that you would give them the medicine from the hem of your garment. Let it trickle down and heal their bodies, Lord. Somebody need a healing right now, Lord. Somebody need a uplifting right now, Lord. Somebody, Lord, need to be changed right now, Lord. Lord, I ask you, if you would just touch of uh, those bodies, Lord, uh, and let them know uh, that you're the God that can do anything but fail. Uh, Lord, and then, Lord, uh, stop by here as I teach your word uh, and lead me to the place, Lord, uh, where I can feel those temples out there uh, with your word, uh, through your word, uh, right now, Lord, through me, so I can touch somebody out there in the radio, 
down. Touch somebody's heart. Touch somebody's mind. Change their ways over uh, uh, whatever they're going through. Lord, right now, I ask you right now that you would also send blessings upon this radio station, upon the ones uh, that is uh, in charge of this station. Bless them from the top of their head to the bottom of the feet. Lean on them, Lord, and let them know uh, that you are their God and they are your people and they are called by your name. Lord, I ask you tonight, just touch, rule, and abide in their lives. Now, Lord, as your servant began to go into your word to to, to preach it and to uh, teach your word. And I pray, Lord, that you would allow your Holy Spirit to, to have its way with me. Show me, Lord, what you want me to do right now. And as you show me, fill me, Lord, from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Now, Lord, hide me behind this secret desk and let the words of my mouth in the meditation of my heart, be accepted in that sight. Oh, Lord, my strength and redeemer forevermore. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 I want Jesus to walk with me. I want Jesus to walk with me while I'm on my reverend journey. Come on. I want Jesus to walk with me. Well, you walk with my mother, Lord, walk with me. You walk with my mother, Lord, walk with me. While I'm on my pilgrim journey, I want Jesus to walk with me, walk with me, Lord, come on, walk with me, walk with me, Lord, come on, walk with me, while I'm on my journey. I want Jesus to walk with me. I want Jesus to walk with me. Um, the fourth chapter of Ephesians and the three verses reads as the following. As a prisoner for the Lord, 
Then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. And it says, be completely humble. Not only that, it also says, be gentler. Then it says, be patient. Bend with one another in love. Love is the greatest of all of God's commandments is love. Because God says we should love one another like my father loved me. And to show folks that love for one another, we need to keep his commandments. And it says, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Ephesians the fourth chapter, one through three verses. And I'm going to use for a title of this lesson right now. Because I always like to work with titles to let you know what we're going to be learning and what I'm going to be teaching about. Christian unity. It seems like God is doing something here. It seems like that from time and time again, God keeps bringing back to teach on unity. And I'm talking about unity in the churches. We find that there is no unity like it should be in the household of faith. But here Paul, Paul is telling us that Paul had to deal with uh, any of the problems in the letter to Ephesians. All news was good news from the people of Ephesus. And Paul had the joyous privilege of writing up a positive letter to encourage them. The theme of this letter is Christian unity. If y'all have pencil and paper, y'all can be writing some of these things down because it's always good to write these things down because you can always go back to what you are being taught time and time again. Christian unity. Policy had established many churches. Not only Paul did he establish the churches, he watched them grow. So how do you think that we as a church in the whole going to grow like we should without unity? You see what I'm talking about here is, what I'm teaching about here is, and I'm teaching, I'm giving y'all some good spiritual food right now, because no church 
uh, that God has uh, uh, formed cannot prosper with just one or two people and no unity. We have to be on one accord. And tonight you're going to see what I'm talking about. To be able to see that you have unity in the church. But Paul, but Paul here, he established the churches and he watched as they grew. So he realized that without unity, then else really matters. Lord have mercy. Do y'all hear that? Without unity, nothing else matters. And even it goes, let me go a little further here. Let's step back. Look at husbands and wives. You need unity, one with another also. You need to be somewhat on one accord to be able to get along sometimes, to be able to practice. You have to sometimes be in agreement one with another. It's not just about me all the time. We have to, when God says that, even in his word, he says, you leave your father and your mother and you cleave to your husband, and y'all become one, not two, one. That's unity, that's unity. Uh, unity, nothing can defeat the church. Power, power when we are all and have unity in the church. Power when we all work together in the church. That is unity. But in the first three chapters, here in Ephesians, Paul, first of all, listen, he laid the foundation, set foundation for Christian unity. Then in his last two chapters, he described the practical results of unity. In chapter 4, he, he dealt with the heart oh, mercy, and the soul of Christians. Paul, so that they could have unity, he dealt with the heart and the soul of Christians. Today, we are going to focus our attention on this fourth chapter. Here, Paul spoke of, of one, he spoke, the behavior of Christian unity. Y'all can write that down. Behavior, the second is the basic of Christian unity. I hope you're right. And the third is the benefits of Christian unity. And all those three, they work hand in hand. And let me 
as I move on a little further, I'm going to number one here. We're going to look at number one. The behavior, Ephesians 4, 1 through 3 verses. Paul here began with behavior because it has everything to do with Christian unity. My Lord, our behavior has everything to do with Christian unity. And often it appears that our behavior is more important than the beliefs in maintaining Christian unity in the church. Can I use an example here? In the church, there are many different beliefs concerning prophecy. The return of Christ and the social practice, there is unity. But we can absolutely destroy this unity by misbehaving. Don't that sound like some of us in the church? That's why it's no unity. Because of misbehavior. Because we have to behave in a manner where that we can be on one accord. Churches splits can be traced to bad uh Theologic, but many can be traced. Lord have mercy. Listen, listen. Many churches split because bad behavior. Therefore, here Paul quickly and directly dealt with behavior as a a matter of a uh, 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 prerogative. And I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Can I say that again? You have to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. So if God has called you to be a digger, you got to serve in that compassion worthy of that calling. If God has called you to be an a usher, you have to serve in that compassion to be a, a good usher. And if he to call you just to even be a lay person, you got to be worthy of your calling. Pastors and preachers, you have to be worthy of your calling. Because God says, you have to be ready. I'm not, Bible is telling you, you have to be worthy of your calling. In some cases, the church of Ephesians uh, didn't understand 
what kind of behavior Paul was talking about. But Paul here spelled it out. He listed seven kinds of behavior that builds Christian unity. He listed seven. The first one is compatible with our calling. If we are to help bring Christian unity, we must conduct ourselves, ourselves, ourselves in a manner that doesn't reflect poorly on our calling as Christians. Watch hmm, what you do, my Lord. You can't do anything that you're big enough to do, and since then you're still ready of your call. If you're called to preach, you have to live a life that is worthy of your preaching. You see, we uh, bear the name because we are no longer once we have been born again, adopted and, and become a new creation we are no longer our own we gotta change our perspective of life has changed because we then have become a new creation. And that new creation represents Jesus the Christ. So we can't continue on doing the things that we've done for the devil back then. Once we got a change of heart, we got to live worthy of our change. You see, we have to live worthy of our change. We must never bring the name of Jesus down where that we are stooping so low that his name is brought down because of us. My second here is humble. We got to be humble. Humble. We, we should not be concepted. We must not be proud. And the nature provides the deadest pain of being a fool. We are proud. Lord have mercy. Sometimes that's what happens. Proudness causes us to slip and fall into our sin. Because we are so proud. The same God that looks out for me, he got 
the same way to look out for you. And you don't have to be proud because God is rich in houses and in land. But how does humanity come about? That's a question I'm asking. How does your humanity come about? And as we move on a little further, you're going to find out that it comes from two things. And the first thing it comes from, are you writing? Self-knowledge. Humanity depends on our honesty. We have to be honest. And even we have to be honest to our fellow man, and we have to be honest to ourselves. And it depends on having the courage to look ourselves at ourselves without the rose tenet of self-admirations and self-love. We have to look beyond uh, somebody else's fault, and we need to look at self sometimes. I tell people time and time again that we need to do some self-checking here. We need to just stand in front of the mirror and see what we see. But we know when something is not right on the inside of us. We know not right. And we need to do a self-examination time and time again. Because it is self sometimes that gets in our way. We put the blame on someone else. But I found out through my uh, time of being in a church that sometimes we got to take the blame off of that person and put it on self. Because we sometimes is not worthy. Not worthy. You see, humanity, it comes, compared our lives with the life of Christ, my Lord. Now that we are new creation, we got to live the life of Christ because if he that dwells within us. If he that dwells within us, can I say it again, has gone so far and has begun to clean us up on the inside, then we find that we should be clean. So if we clean, we need to live clean life. But some of us, and you know this is true, we compare ourselves with others. Come out of uh, comparison well, it is when we compare ourselves with Christ. Lord have mercy. Listen, listen to this. 
When we compare ourselves, when I compare myself, when you compare yourself with Christ, that's when we will see our own fault. We will look beyond them, the faults of our fellow man. We can see our faults. But we got to compare ourselves. God knowledge. Uh, plus self-knowledge equals humanity. God's knowledge, first of all, and then our self-knowledge, and then it equals up to humanity. Isn't that all right? Then as I move on just a little further, number two, it is gentle. Those who are gentle are so God-controlled that they are continuously kind, and then they are gracious to others because we are being controlled by the work of God, by God, by God's name. And if God is in the equation, we're going to be kind to our fellow man. If God is going to, in our conclusion, we're going to be gracious to others. But, you see, they are people in whom self has died. See, what I'm saying here, once we become a new creation, self dies. And through Christ, all is made humanity. And we live a humanity life. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. I'm no longer alive. But listen here. Paul says, but Christ lives. And he lives in me. Is that all right? Galatians, the second chapter in the 20th verse. Then my third here. It is patient. Define patient as the spirit that has the power to pick rivers, but never does so. Practice is the spirit that bears insult without bitterness or complaint. Without bitterness or complaint. Patience is the spirit. The spirit gives us patience. The spirit uh, makes it so that we are not so bitter. We don't have that bitter heart. And as Christians, we must make allowances for one another. It's not about us. It's about Jesus Christ. And so if we are about Jesus, we have to make allowances for someone else. And 
We must look toward others and the failures that God has done to us. We can't continue on just because our sisters and our brothers have fallen by the wayside. We can't continue on looking down our nose at them because everybody has fell time and time again. Still us putting them down. That's no unity in the church. We need to be lifting them up because Jesus said in his word, if I be lifted up from this earth, he said he'll draw all men unto him. We need to be lifting up Jesus to those that have fallen down. We must look toward them and look beyond their fall and see their need. Isn't that all right? If we want to be in unity with the Christ Jesus and the church, we need to start looking beyond faults. And once we begin to look beyond our faults and see that need, that is when come of our doing the right thing that God has signed our hands to do. Because I want to leave this here and then we'll move on. When you begin to start pointing fingers at one another, don't you know you fight upon one finger? And you look, there's two or three pointed right back at you. Every man has sinned and fallen from the love of God. Every man has fallen from grace sometimes in their lives. So we have to look at ourselves and look and see and realize where God has brought us from. I don't know about you all. I'm teaching. I'm not preaching. I'm teaching. But I've been down in the valley. And I've been down in the valley so low. And my friends turned back on me. And they walked away and left me in the valley of the stair. And I'm so far down already. It seemed like I was six feet down. And when they got through with me, it seemed like I was 12 feet down in that valley. Why, preacher? Because they began to continue putting their feet on me, pressing me down. But we got to stop, church, because we're going to be a call accountable for all that we do. God said, 
If you do it unto the least of mine, you'd have done it unto me. God says, touch not my mountain and do my prophet no harm. God says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. So we got to have a turnaround point here and stop pressing our brothers and our sisters down when they're already down. When I'm already hurting, Lord have mercy. When I'm already so much uh, pain and, and, and it seems like to me it's not healing it. Can't get no help here. Mm. Because we find that sometimes those that's pressing on only thinking about themselves. Stop pressing now. If you're going to press, begin to press on to that high calling of Jesus Christ. Now, as I move on, my next one here, it is loving. We must be of love, not of hate. Mm. We must love one another. We must do good to one another. No matter what they might do to you, but you must show them godly love. Spite of. You know, I don't love everything that someone do or the way they act. But I have to love them spite of. To be like Jesus. Bible says here, we should bear with one another, not to snare a, a, a grit and determination, but through Christ Jesus' love that he had for us and we should have for him as being a Christian. There are four Greek words for love. Listen. But the word used here is the heart. It means that we must love others so much that nothing can do or say will keep us from loving them and seeking their highest good. Always look what Paul is saying here is. Look what a good. We need to start a looking. This is some good stuff here. We need to start a looking at the good in our fellow man. Instead of trying to stir up and find the bad in him or in she or in her, we need to look at the good because there is some good in everybody. Not just the Christians I'm talking about now. We got some out here in the highways and byways, they still got some good in them. Look beyond the bad, and begin to look at the good. Do you know what? It's sad to say this. We as Christians, we don't go around and, and try to see the good that a person has and the good works that they have done. We're always trying to find the baddest that we can find in them and what they have done. We don't bring up the good sometimes. We left the good uh, laid under uh, 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 the, the curtain under, under us, but we 
to bad. And I want to just take this time to once you, my sisters and my brothers, have become a new creation, all things pass away and everything become new. And you are a new creature. Our past, God don't hold on to that like man do. Oh, you done this yesterday. Oh, you done this last week. But once we become a new creature, that's why God tells us to press on to a high mark of a high calling. That's why God also tells us that no man that has put his hand to the gospel fire and look back is not fit for his king. God don't want us to go back. God don't want us to look back. God wants us to press on. Press on. Press, my friends. Press on. See, uh, we have so much that nothing that they do will keep us from loving them and seeking the highest good. Even though they might mistreat us and hurt us, we will feel only kindness toward them. We still have to feel this kindness toward them. It is peaceful. Peace doesn't happen on its own. Y'all think peace happens on its own when we have peace? Peace, we must make it happen. How can we make it happen? First of all, we need to make it happen by the way that we treat one another. The way we live, it brings peace. The basic of Christian unity, I might not get through with all this, but I'm going to try. The basic of Christian unity, behavior, is important to Christ's unity. It's important to our Christian unity also. But a sound base is absolutely disaspendable. What is the base of all this? The base is first built on a foundation. And that foundation is built on Christ Jesus. And that brings us into Christian unity. And that is how our Christian unity is also built. Paul laid again seven foundations. Ah, Lord have mercy. He laid seven foundations with stone. Foundation that Paul laid was one body. Listen. Then the second one is one spirit. Then the third one is one hope. And the fourth one is one Lord. The fifth one, one faith. The sixth one, one baptism. Are you right? And the, 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 the seventh one is one God. 
is one God. You see, have you noticed in the word that God works with sevens? Completion. One body. Christ is the head. And we have to acknowledge this. We have to realize this. That Christ is the head and the church is just the body. We are not above the head. We are the body. Made up with baptized believers. The unity of the church is our essence for the work of Christ. Christ who lives in us. We are reckoned towards in one spirit, one hope. This is the hope of made of the, our salvation in heaven. We have hope that we are going to a place where Jesus has already gone and prepared for us in the heavens above. That's our true hope. Our Lord, our Lord supply, and our Lord looks low. Our Lord rules, but listen. Our Lord is sitting on the right-hand side of his Father. Jesus the Christ, our Lord, making intercession for you and for me, paving the way for us to continue on striving to be better people. One faith. Paul was not talking about a set of beliefs that may characterize a particular uh, a domination. There is one faith by which people come into a saving relationship with Christ, Lord have mercy, as our Lord. It gives us, it brings us into a relationship. Do you understand what I'm talking about here? That's when we become in a relationship with Jesus Christ, our Lord. There may be many faiths, many denominations, but there is only one faith by which we are saved. And that faith is in who? Jesus the Christ. Our sin. One baptism. Just as there is one faith to which we come into salvation, saving relationship with Christ, there is one baptism to what? To which we mix our outward demonstrations of the inward experience. What we outside appearance look good, but we want the inside appearance to look better than the outside sometimes. But you see, it works from the inside to the outside. God always wants both of them to match up. That's why a Christian that's a true-born Christian, a true-born Christian that has a living on the inside, they look good on the outside also. Because 
the inside, Lord have mercy, is reckoned to the outside. And it makes us a new creation, and we begin to sprout like a, a rosebud and, and, and all of those things. That's what makes us look good on the outside. One God. There is only one God. Only one God. God says, Thou shalt not have no other God before me. One God of one God unites us into one, one of the family of God. Paul said four things about the one God. Listen, and I'm going to have to get ready to close in a little bit. But I want to give you this before I do close. I might have to come back and finish it another day. I want to give you this. I want to leave this with you. Paul said four things about the one God. First of all, he is the Father, and that is because he created all things in all of us. Second here, he is above. All. And that is because he controls all things. And he controls us. That is through it all. That is he sustains all. All power in his hand. Fourth is he is in all. That is, he is present everywhere. God is present everywhere. God is in the north. God is in the south. God is even in the uh, uh, east. And he is in the west. God is in the whole wide world. So we as Christians, we have to realize that nothing that we have belongs to us. We are just using those things, time down here. But when we get ready to go down from this place, the only thing we're going to take with us is an empty cup because our soul it's going to be left our body. And it's going to be separated from our body that's laid in the grave. And it's going on back. That's why God said in his words that he's going to give us a new home to live in. Our oh, Lord have mercy. He's going to give us a new body. A body that, that will, will, will be no scar. A body where there'll be no tracks on our own. A body where there'll be no pain. body where there'll be nothing but a new body. And he's going to take that soul and place it into a new body. You see, I'm going to have to Finish this up. 
not a time because I'm not going to get through all of it. But here, God has already told us that we need to be in unity. But he says here, and I'm going to read this with you, to walk worthy of Christ means that we are living in a manner that honors and pleases him. We were created in Christ Jesus for good work, and we should accomplish every assignment he gives us with love and devotion so that others will see our example and glorify him. So others will see our example and glorify him. Christian unity. Christian unity. I hope that someone has received something from the word of God. And as we begin to go down from this place, pray that God will instill in us a clean heart and a contract spirit. Lord, I want to thank you right now. Thank you for the wisdom and understanding of your word. Thank you for those that is healed of your word, and not just healed, but healed also. Fill us now, Lord Jesus. Continue on. Let my cup run over. Continue on, Lord. Listen us up where it's on now. Build us where we are uh, weak. Lord, continue strengthening us where we get on that weak journey. I thank you right now, Lord. Now, Lord, as I go down from this place, pray that you would allow your Holy Spirit to continue on wrecking, wrecking through me to reach these hell, your people. Lord, I thank you. Now, Lord, may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ rest rule and abide within us henceforth and forevermore. Christian unity. Christian Unity. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.